coming up next on the health hustle. I think it's the pendulum effect, right? Is like I think that's just like a really important reminder for a lot of people is that so often when we swing the pendulum very, very, very hard in that other direction of like pain, suffering and a divorce that you went through and all the challenges that come with that is that you just wait for the ride to shift back into the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. If you can weather the storm. You can. Right. Everyone can weather the storm. You just have to tell yourself that you can. Totally. And, and man, like it's just, it's, it's hard. Like I can't, I can't explain how hard it is. Like it was the hardest thing I've ever been. It was the hardest thing I've ever been through. Totally. And I can't, I mean, I just said the same thing. I can't explain it, but like you can, like I am, I am, I am proof right there that like, I've never been that low. Mm. I've never had the thoughts that I had in my head during that time frame. But here we are a mere four months later and I'm living the best time of my life. Just so all of you know, this happened in February. In April, I decided to run the BPN marathon and I won it. And then six days later, I did Ironman Texas where I PR'd the Ironman, which means personal record, which means I ran the Ironman faster than I ever ran it in my entire life. And I did that in the same week. I would have never known that I was capable of that if I would have never made it through that traumatic event. One foot in front of the other, baby. What's up, y'all? Corey here. And in this episode, I had a chance to sit down with somebody who has become a good friend of mine. His name is Matt Johnson. He's 28 years old, spent 10 years in the military, recently went through a divorce, which if you know anything about my story, it's something that I can very much so relate with, and finds himself now in the great city of Austin, Texas, doing coaching and running all these crazy races. Some of them in particular are, he does a lot of ultra running, Ironmans, he's qualified for the Boston, and he actually used to professionally race cars, which is a total side tangent that we sort of get into. Some of the things that we get into on this episode episode though are why nobody wears shirts in Texas, the challenge of growing up very poor, building mental fortitude, the book that literally changed his life, his first ever endurance race, how he grew his social media following to as large as it is now, the Leadville 100, which is basically the Super Bowl of ultra endurance athlete races, defining failure, getting into coaching himself, putting one foot in front of the other, and so much more. One last thing, if you're a health or fitness professional and you're having difficulties getting leads, one of the most common reasons that I see this is not having a well-defined niche. If you go to the link in the description, I have a free three-step process that walks you through exactly how to get clarity on which niche is best suited for you and your business. Without further ado, let's go. Matt Johnson, welcome to the show. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. It's, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Um, this is my first in-person sit down podcast this is the only way i'll do it <clears throat> i mean i feel like i feel very connected to you right now yeah like that's why i started doing it like this when i first started the show some hundred plus episodes ago i was doing a lot of them online zoom style it was just it wasn't fun for me i didn't get a lot of joy out of it i didn't really feel like i was making a connection and engaging with somebody and so i was like N fuck it i'm never doing it again and i've done them all in person ever since yeah yeah i've done uh this will be my fourth i've done three online um, one with a smaller podcast, one with a little bit bigger one. And then the most recent one with Joe Rinaldi and Joe's great. Like that was the best podcast, yeah. but I do remember like I was sitting on the, on the, you know, the Mac and, and talking to him and it's just different. You know, like he had, he had the mic set up like you do and like, you know, it was super, it was super cool, but I'm like, man, like it'd be so cool. I've only met Joe in person one time. He's a BPN athlete and I'm like, dude, it'd be so cool just to form that connection. You know, cause like we're sitting here in Austin in a beautiful place 
right off of West Six. Mm-hmm. Like this is so cool. This is so Texas. Mm. Yeah, it was a uh, was it Endure? I think it was Endure something. Yes, yeah, Project Endure. Project Endure. It was yeah. actually a great interview. He did, did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Joe's Joe's very good, and like like he, we can just like. With him, like it was able to just flow. Like I would say something, and his next question is every time that he would ask me something, I'd be like, "Dude, that's such a great question." So a word that comes to mind when I think of you, Matt, is "send it." <laughs> and so, because <laughs> you are the ultimate definition of just so anybody listening. Prior to recording, we were talking to Tanner Friesen here, another buddy here in Austin, who's also a guy that can send it. <laughs> And you guys were just hashing out some stories and I was sitting there just like reminiscing on the fact of like, that's cool. I don't want to do any of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that was a guy, like every time that we'd say something, it was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah. You know, like, um, my, my ankle's broken. Fuck it. Like, you know, but yeah, a hundred percent. So I want to dig into that just a little bit because I can't imagine you were always like that. But I would be curious as to, like, where do you feel like a lot of that mentality comes from? And, like, I kind of want to just, like, really tap into maybe early childhood stuff. Like, is there certain things growing up? I I know you grew up relatively not that wealthy and, like, trailer home type stuff, single mom. Um, So I know there's some challenges in that. I feel like, is there things that maybe you feel like you carry from that here today? Yeah, you know, I definitely do. And that's, that's honestly something that I've never talked about. And, you know, going on uh, the Project Endure podcast, which, you know, I'll bring this back to my mother. Um, you know, I, I called her. My mom's my best friend. And the biggest thing was is that she was 18 when I was born. And we've, as she raised me as a single mother, as you said, like, we were, we became friends. Like, you know, once I hit, you know, 15, 16, 17, like, it was hard for me to, you know, I was a shit kid. Mm. Like, and I was just, I was, I was not a great kid. And, you know, my mom and I turned, ended up turning into friends and which is, you know, it's a good and a bad thing. Um, but, you know, I think I do carry a lot, uh, you know, from my childhood past, my dad was never there. And, you know, my mom was, you know, going from, I mean, she had two to three jobs just to barely make enough money so that she could eat. And, you know, I was always fed. I always had everything I needed. I promise you that. I had, my mom made sure if I wanted it, I got it. It didn't matter if she had, man, if she had $50 in the bank account and I went in and I'm like, I want that $49, you know, Toys R Us, Power Ranger special. I'm taking it home and she's going to find out a way to make that $49 back. Damn. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe my mom and I are very similar and we just have different outlets. Mm. And, you know, cause my mom, you know, I, I like the phrase, I, you know, I, I love the phrase do hard things. And my mom did that by working three jobs, by making sure that I had the shit that I needed. And, you know, maybe I don't know what her outlet was, but you know, maybe it's just me finding that, you know, that same outlet that she had of just, you know, continuing on and, and doing things like that. And um, I feel like the word that comes to mind for me is grit. I feel like you, she really taught you grit, taught you how to just do, as you said, the hard things. Because like hard things, I like that expression as well. I think that sometimes people have a skewed perception of it and they think hard things is sauna and ice plunge and endurance athlete, athletic adventures. But like hard things is relative. Yeah. 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 That, and that's something that, that I've actually spoke about before is, you know, 
your your hard things and like we just had this conversation right your hard things are going to be different than my hard things totally. like my hard things are are going and running a hundred miles your hard things is you know that's going to be seeing you stand out. up comedy yeah or you know <laughs> seeing you out at you know it's 95 degrees and here i find you shirtless doing pull-ups at auditorium shores yes. randomly you know <laughs> and you're sweating your ass off and you're like yeah dude i love this out here like you know i mean that's that's something that i wouldn't I wouldn't go do that, totally. but you know, that might be something that's hard for you. Totally. So, um, yeah, man, like I love that you pointed out that I was shirtless though. People love to call me out about that. Appreciate that. Yeah, dude. No, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> let's, you know, let's dive into this real quick. Squatch. Yeah. yeah. Right. Squatch is like, it's just all these fit shirtless people walking around. And I told my friend this, my friend that just came down, Jack, shout out, shout out to you, Jack. I hope you listen to this. Jack is, he's on a adventure of doing a fitness something every weekend in the month of June. So he did this battle bunker, which is this, uh, whatever it is, this, I don't know, CrossFit, maybe I'm misspeaking type of workout. And then he's doing a bodybuilding show this weekend. And then next weekend he's doing another thing. And then he's ending it with a full Ironman. He's traveling all the way, all the way across the country in this white pedo van. And like, it's super sick, but Going with that is Jack came down from Jersey. He did a powerlifting thing too, didn't he? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that that was the first one. Yeah, yeah. But Jack came down from Jersey. Sorry, I get way off, way off topic. You're good. Jack came down from Jersey, and we were going to squatch today, and I get in I get in the truck and I'm shirtless, and he's like, "Oh, no shirts." I'm like, dude, this is Austin, Texas. Like, like no one. I found out. Like, like, like I don't even need shirts, and it's so damn hot here. Like that, you, you, I, I throw my, throw my shirts away. It don't matter. Like I don't even need them in the mornings. Like, you know, like this, this place is hot. This is so hot down here. Like I'm just sitting here sweating right now. I can't even drink water. I'm a big beer guy. A big beer guy. Love beer. Can't, can't even drink beer right now because I can't even get enough water in. Like Austin, you're changing me. You're changing me. I yeah I I agree. I think shirts are optional for men and women for yeah. sure. Dude, shirts are definitely optional for women for because sh- I was down at Barton today right before I came here. That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, hey yo, <laughs> <laughs> something here does not fit in. <clears throat> Which is funny about this though. I was uh, I was leaving LA Fitness. This was probably a few weeks ago, and I had just done like a really intense like hit workout. Got out of the sauna like sweating my ass off right and i just i didn't put a shirt on of course i didn't yeah. and i was just like walking out of the gym and the guy like towards the front desk he's like hey you like you know you gotta wear a shirt in here and i looked at him and i was like are you kidding me right now yes I was like, I, yeah i walked into a gas station the same thing like and and no all right maybe yeah okay all right it's a little different but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go anywhere shirtless well, hey, 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 hear me out hear me out hear me out i just, all i had to do is pay for my gas yeah. like like i got gas i just left the gym i didn't have a shirt on i walked in the counter's right there bam quick left counter and did a quick left and lily's like just looking at me with all this sass and i'm and i i'm not confused you know yeah. like like you know i'm from iowa but like I, i've developed this austin texas like sense of no shirts now like, totally. like you know and and i just like look at her like i'm holding my phone like i'm gonna tap it and she's like you need a shirt on to do that uh, and i'm like i oh, just get, let me pay for my gas <laughs> i'll take like, five seconds yeah you know tap tap bam see ya Will, what do you so need? there i had to go i had to turn around and and go put this shirt on and put myself to shame and 
Yeah, they're yeah. just they're just projecting their own stuff onto you, man. I just want you to know that. I know it's man. never actually about you. It's always about them. Even what you were talking about earlier before we started recording about getting a bunch of hate as of lately about the double Murph that you did. Yeah. Of like that's just projections of them onto you, man. It's yeah. never about you. I think that's important to remember for anybody out there creating content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that. Yeah, like like we talked about, like people. Yeah, they're projecting, but also, like I told you, like I do- I dove into this into this. Uh, this rabbit hole with my buddy Luke Hopkins and talking with him is I'm like, you know, what do people do that aren't entrepreneurs, business owners, fitness, be crazy people like we are, right? Like we're not like, we don't think we're crazy, mm-hmm. but people that look at us think we're crazy. Yep. So going on to that is like people to have so much time on their hands. Like, Oh, I'm no time. I don't, have, I don't have time to scroll through. Like I'll hit the TikTok, the top tick, the TikTok. Like I like that. It's going to be like when I'm in bed, quick 10 seconds, give me a little bit of dopamine, K, night, night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not at, you know, like having this first like legitly viral reel on Instagram and having it like people are just commenting. It's every 10 seconds. Bah, 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 bah. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like every time I'll, I'll get on Instagram, you know, I mean, I get on Instagram way too much. Maybe it's like once an hour and I'll pop up and it'll be like 37 comments. 295 likes and 50 follows and i'm like what in the world like and that's like you know that's throughout the day totally dude and yeah so it's just you know people have way too much time on their hands to go get a hobby i went on a rant on my 100th episode about that exact same concept of when people tell me that they're bored it's one of my biggest triggers it's like how are you bored There are so many incredible, amazing things that you could be doing. There's so many things I want to spend my time doing. There's so many cool people I want to talk to and things I want to pursue and places I want to go. Like when people, not that you're never bored. I spend a lot of time meditating. I spend a lot of time alone. I'll go on a walk. Like I have moments where like I'm not like super jazzed up. But just the idea of being like, oh, I'm bored. Man, does that make me want to punch you in the face. Are you a nap guy? No. No, no naps. No, I'm really not a nap guy. Now, give, like sometimes I'll nap. Like, like if I do a long run, like I'm talking like 20, 30 miles, I might catch a nap. Like there's something about like long runs and then eating food, and it's like, dude, like I could, I could, yeah, yeah. I could catch. A Nothing against naps. Yeah, I just don't do for it. sure. But with that being said, like people that'll just like nap during the day, and like I can't even sit on the couch, <laughs> like you know. But like I mean, this is like like just normal. Like not after my long run, not after the stupid crazy stuff I do. Like I can't, I can't just sit on the couch mm. and like, like I had a friend over at the house and she's just like, oh, let's, let's, let's sit on the couch and hang out. I'm like, it is three o'clock in the afternoon. Like, let's go do something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a dog named yeah. Ash that needs to run. Exactly. A hundred percent. You know? And that's like, that's something that, you know, I take pride in and, and you know, I, I love, like I'm busy. Like I will keep myself busy. To where even people are like, you need to like, you need to chill out. Mm. But like, you know, I'll wake up, I'll work, I'll go for a run, I'll come home, I'll eat lunch, I'll work a little bit more, I'll go to the gym, I'll come home, I'll eat again. And then, you know, prepping for these big races this fall, then like my evening routine has been throwing on the weighted vest and going out to the Barton Trail and just doing like a run walk for like an hour and a half. Mm. And, you know, I mean... That's probably like some like you know toxic coping mechanism or something, but you know I mean it's just I like I like to stay busy and then like by that point it's eight o'clock I sit down I eat dinner and I'm in bed at nine and I love it I I, I love that 
it's kind of hard to navigate sometimes though because i don't have a lot of friends mm. and you know like your friend is the dog on yeah, the trail yeah exactly yeah. ash like ash and i are best friends but like sometimes for the record anybody listening it's part blue healer part australian shepherd and the first time I saw it was at Auditorium Shores, yeah. and I was like, I need your dog. That yeah. thing is fucking He's awesome. He's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so about Ash, he uh, he was a farm dog. Like, literally found him on a farm. He was $40, bought him, took him home. Worst, worst dog in the world. Worst puppy I've ever had. And I would hope up, so for $40. Chewing up walls. Like, like, you know, just dog was, no, I was like, this dog needs to be on a farm. Like, this is terrible. Never gave up on him. Fast forward, long story short, he's now a service dog. He does not walk on a leash. He will never be leashed unless I'm going in to eat somewhere. And he will follow me to the end of the earth. And I he promise. has to wear a shirt if he goes inside. And if he goes to the gas station, <laughs> if he goes to the gas station I got to put a shirt on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so let's pull back a little bit. So I know... Interesting upbringing, single mom, a bit of a challenging situation. Can we fast forward that story a little bit? So like maybe let's tap into post high school, those days of like, this is when you got into the military, correct? Yeah. So, well, there was a little bit of a break in there. Okay. Um, Biggest thing for me that really sucked was, uh, you know, so I grew up, like we'd already talked. So I grew up in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Go Hogs. Love the Razorbacks born in Iowa, grew up in Arkansas. Okay. Now we're back to Iowa again. There's so much more story in there that Virginia, Tennessee, Texas, Arkansas, all these States are involved. Long story short, grew up in Arkansas and then back up in Iowa. So when I was in Arkansas and I was growing up and I was going into elementary middle school, junior high into high school, I was going to go to the university of Arkansas. I was going to go to college and I was so pumped. It was so prestigious. Like I couldn't wait. And then I moved to, Back to the boonies where I was born, into the middle of the cornfield. I love my small town, but uh, the standard is not college. And I was convinced by all of my friends that, you know, we don't go to college. College is a waste of money. Um, I never, so I conformed, and I never took the SAT, never took the ACT. I decided my, we got back to Iowa at the end of my junior year. I decided at the end of my junior year, my, my senior year, I was like, I'm not going to college. Hmm. So I got a job at a factory. I worked at 3M right out of high school and making tape. That was, that was like, you know, I mean, that was the norm. Like, it, like you went and you got a job at a factory. You came home. You didn't matter if you were 18, 19, 20. You drank beer all the time, drank beer on the weekends. And then you went to work and you partied on the weekends and you, you know, it's clockwork, right? Do it all over again. Right back. Sunday to Sunday. Here we go. And there was just one day that I remember I got fired from 3M just because I was, I was probably a shit. Like, I really don't remember. It was 10 years ago, but I got fired from 3M. And I just I was like, this isn't it. Like, this, you know, th- that was my very first time I was ever like, there's something more for me. Like, I meant for more than this. And the Iowa National Guard is very prestigious in Iowa. The Iowa Iowa Guard is very high held in the National Guard as a whole. And so, yeah, so straight up, long story short there, I got on the computer, found out about the Guard, um, joined up probably after that first summer. Like I, I had about two or three jobs that summer working at factories. And joined the Guard, came back from basic training, joined the National Guard because I was a mama's boy. 
didn't want to leave mom. Um, looking back now, I wish I would probably would have went active duty, but that's okay. But I came back, I got an active duty job, um, and was active duty within the National Guard there at Camp Dodge. And we made that move to Virginia, stationed out there in Virginia as a recruiter, um, you know, up until this point. Hmm. Did you enjoy your time in the military? No. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, that's the honest answer. Um, did I, I, I enjoyed the people I met. Hmm. I enjoyed my friends. Uh, I enjoyed the moments where you think back where you're laying in, you know, a random hole in the desert in the middle of California for no reason at all. That's literally doing nothing to help anyone. And you're like, you know, 20 years old smoking cigs and have no idea what you're going to do with your life. Mm. I miss those moments, you know, and anything more than that. No, I just, I, I miss my friends. I miss the moments. I, there was a small window of time where I almost joined the military. I'm really glad that I didn't because I'm an incredibly disagreeable person and I don't think I would have lasted very long. But I will say if there's one thing that I think the military does right and has done right and I've taken from my own lessons from just the military in general from never being in it is that doing hard shit together bonds people and mm -hmm. I think that we need to do more of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it's it's the camaraderie and, you know, building up those friendships. Like, I still have friends that, you know, we went and did some really sucky stuff together. And, you know, that you would never think. Of. I mean, I have friends that are 50 years old, you know, that, that I served in the military with when I was 19. And, you know, relation like, like, like best friends, like relationships that are bonded like that. I mean, I was 19 years old bossing around. 40 year olds, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I was like, I was good. I, I, once I got it, let me say, once I got it in the military, I was good at what I did. And, you know, that was, that was a good part. But the biggest thing for me was, you know, once I became 24, probably 24 ish, 23, 24, I really started to like, like I wanted to be me. And, you know, I don't even know what that means right now, but you know, I was being told where I needed to be, when I needed to be there, how I needed to dress, who I needed to talk to, how I needed to talk, how I needed to stand. And I just, I didn't want to do it no more. I'm very thankful for my service. I love my country. And I, and if it came down tomorrow where I needed to go somewhere and take care of business, I will be the first one to step forward. I promise you that 100%, no questions asked. I will go right back if I'm needed, Totally. but I don't want to. You know, like, you know, when it's my choice, I do not want to. But don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted. I'll be the first one out there so that someone else doesn't have to go. I promise you that. The sad thing about that statement is that you probably have to be. I think I read recently that I think it's like 70 plus percent or something of Americans aren't even actually fit or healthy enough to even be able to go into the military even if they wanted to. Yeah, but but here's the thing. Like, like even like there are some like there are some not fit people in the U.S. military. I mean, so like, like, so I, I competed for the National Guard. Like, I traveled and competed for the National Guard in in in, in endurance competitions in 2021 when I wasn't even like, oh, I wasn't like, I can't imagine if I was to compete now, it'd be nuts. 
Yeah, you'd dominate. It, it would be it would be insane. Wouldn't even be close. I was just like I was just getting started in 2021. Like, I was just really finding like the fitness and trying to you know mess with the aerobic and anaerobic heart rates in the building, and I had no knowledge on anything. And you know, so th- with that being said, like yeah, I agree with that for sure. But don't like. Once again, don't get it twisted. Like you can get some fat bodies in the military <laughs> and you know, there's plenty of people that come to mind and they're, and they're, and they're deployed. Like, like, like they will deploy just like that. They will, they will deploy on fit. My unit is deployed right now. That's a risk for with, everybody involved. Yeah. My unit is deployed right now with, there's a handful of unfit people that I could just name drop right now where I'm like, I know that they're still not fit. And, but they're doing it and other people aren't. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, but, but there definitely needs to be a higher standard held in our military because that was another reason why I got up. It's just, there's just too much crazy stuff happening right now. Well, I mean, just to piggyback off that too, and we don't have to get too deep into this, but like, I think, yes, there should be a standard, but at the same time, I feel like the standard has been set so low because they're probably desperate to get bodies in there because the barrier of like, how healthy the general American is, is so horrendous. Well, but yes. Yeah. But, but here's another thing. Let's not even talk about health and fitness. Like, so my last job in the military was a recruiter. If you have been on any type of medication in the past year, you're out. Right. If you have been prescribed medication in the past year, you cannot serve in the U S military. If you have a tattoo below your wrist, you cannot serve in the U S army. So here's the thing. If I want to serve in the army, I can serve in the Navy. The Navy has different standards. If I want to serve in the Army, if I want to serve in the Marines, if I want to serve in the Coast Guard, this right here ain't happening. He's pointing at his hand. Oh, yeah, sorry. For the record. Yeah. I, have a, I have a tattoo on my, my entire uh, right palm. It is a dope tattoo. You're the second guy that I've interviewed today that is just tatted to the gills, and they all look dope. I love it. It's art. I know. I don't have a single one. Everyone's like, what's that mean? And I'm like, honey, it hasn't had meaning since I was 19. I promise you. Uh, I told my mom right off the bat. I'm like, mom, this means something. Like the first three did. Then after that, I'm like, I think that looks really sick. I'm going to put that on my body. (laughs) (laughs) Our minds work so different, bro. Um, So so I want to get into, I feel like this is leading us up to when you finally decided to go to my original statement of send it. So when did you first, okay, so just to give people context of this conversation, kind of where we're going with a lot of this stuff, is that I would argue from a mental fortitude standpoint, you're probably one of the strongest people I've ever met in my life. And I'd be curious as to, like, as we go through this journey, when did that start? I mean, you know, I think that anyone that makes a decision to join the U.S. military is kind of has a little something off. Hmm. So, you know, I I can kind of go back to that. Um, you know, but I was, I wasn't this, this hard person, you know, I wasn't supposed to be this hard person. I wasn't this hard person. Um, really, truly like, like just one day, like I showed up, you know, showed up to work and there was a two mile track and I ran four laps. I was like, you know, that's eight miles. Like that was pretty cool. That was on a Monday. I did it again on Wednesday, did it on Friday. Then I found this guy named David freaking Goggins mm-hmm. and I listened to his book and all these hard things that he went through. His dad beat the shit out of his mom. His his dad took his brother. His dad left. It was just him and his mom. Like there were so many things that I heard in that book from David that like I could resonate with. Not having a father there, having a piece of shit father. My father was a druggie and and took off. 
and you know, single mom. You know, he joined. He he became a fat body. I was a fat body once. No, not a lot of people know that I was. Uh, I used to actually, yeah. I used to be my heaviest weight, one seventy two. What do you weigh now? One thirty nine. Okay, damn. So, and that was probably like twenty, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Damn. Yeah. That's some weight on you, yeah, huh, boy? Yeah, I was a little, you know, like, they actually, they called me to cast me in the Pillsbury uh, commercial. No kidding. <laughs> and turned down. <laughs> Damn, bro. Um, no, that's, so yeah. That's I, the route you should have got. Exactly, exactly. Free Pillsbury? Yeah, man, that's you might cool. as well. Yeah, why are you doing all this long distance exactly. shit? Exactly. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I listened to Goggins, and I, you know, that kind of in my head, like, you know, he was really the first one that was like, you don't need to be who people say you need to be, and you don't need to conform to everyone else's beliefs can i pause you for a second yeah did you do any quote-unquote personal development book reading prior to this book bro i haven't like i don't remember the last time was i read a book like like (laughs) i listened to that no no absolutely not like that was the first i listened to that audiobook that was that was the first book that i'd probably listened to read read or listened to since since high school why did you pick it up or listen to it, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't. I truly don't. Like, I have no idea. And I, I can't even say that I knew, man, I wish I remembered why. I do. I re- but I don't. Hmm. I don't. I tried hard there. I don't. Just curious because I think most people have that, like, that book, podcast, whatever you want. There where it's like, things change. And so Yeah, yeah. And, and it's definitely that book. Like, like, that book changed my life. Totally. Like, that book, that book took me from the left path to the right path. Totally. And... You know, but I can't remember why. Like, I don't even remember how I even knew what Audible was or, like, how I found... You know, I don't I don't remember knowing him before that. It found you. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but, you know, um, I listened to that book and, uh, you know, I just knew, like, after, you know, hearing the shit that he had been through, like, I knew that, that... And this was, you know, this was the end of 2020, which seems like it's so long. I've had so much stuff happen in the past. Like everything has been so quick. Like I just blew up and just became like, I wish I would have known what I could be in high school. Dude, your last three years have been bananas, which we're going to cover. A yeah. Piece yeah, of that. for sure. But yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, it's been fast, fast. Yeah. Like as soon as I read that book, I was like, I don't have any more time to waste. Mm-hmm. Like I got to go. And I think that's why people literally say that I do too much. But also, like, part of me thinks, like, I'm 28. I started doing this when I was 26. I wasted 10, I mean, what, prime? Like, you want to talk about, like, 14 years old? Like, you know, you have all these track runners now that are setting records at 14, 15, 16 years old in high school, setting state records. Like, I missed 10 years. I have 10 years to make up as fast as I can. And I'm learning the hard way. I'm learning the very hard way. But I'm learning. And... You know, I don't know. Maybe I can relate, man. I feel the same way. So I'm I'm a fair bit older than you. I'm 35, and I feel like probably not until within the last maybe I don't know. I would say five years, maybe that I feel like I really exactly to your point feel like I started realizing my potential and the possibilities of the world and the universe and what I could do. And so, like, yeah, somebody who me figuring out at we'll say 30 is like I feel like that's a lot of years of my life that quote unquote feel wasted. I think that. That's probably not the best mentality to have behind. I would say I wouldn't really say like like wasted, but like I feel like you had things to learn within that time frame. Totally. Like you definitely took things away from it, but I can definitely feel where, you know, 
I definitely understand what you're saying, but uh, yeah, definitely not wasted. Like, like we had things to learn. Totally. And if we were meant, if we were both meant to start what we're doing now back then, we would have done it. Totally. But also like it's the butterfly effect, right? Like things, things probably would have been completely different. Yeah. Maybe I'd be a multimillionaire by now and life would be great. I don't know. I'd be probably be sitting on a beach on Morocco retired. But to that exact point though, bro, is that the story wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you, you and you like have to have a hell of a story to tell. Like, yes. like, what is life? Like, like, what is life with not without a story to tell? Like, what are you gonna say? Like, hey, I everything went according to plan. Yeah, like, hey, I went to high school and graduated, and then I went to Harvard, and then I became a <laughs> lawyer and owned a house and had kids, and then they had kids, and then I died. <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's the boringest like, book like, of all man, time like that's not a cool story like <laughs> you know and and what sucks is like you know there might be people out there like oh you know like like no like there that guy had a story there's so many people in the world like someone lived that life yeah yeah someone lived that exact life right there yeah no not me not me i'm gonna have like they will be telling some crazy shit at my funeral <laughs> <laughs> whenever that is they're gonna be saying like this dude is whack listen to this one of my favorite people of all time is teddy roosevelt for that exact reason of all time if no one's ever actually tapped into the biography of teddy roosevelt you want to talk about a story dude that guy did everything from cattle ranching to war hero to president to everything in between like yeah, wrote a book a, yeah like i want to write a bull dude name it i bet you teddy roosevelt has done it honestly but uh so let's so when was that moment then so you read the book yeah what was the first like all right i'm gonna send it excursion yeah, yeah so that was uh i think i started that book in october and i was listening to it at the gym and i was sitting in the sauna and i was scrolling through my phone and i found a race that was like in 12 hours 12 <laughs> like, hours yeah dude it was like it was like 7 p.m and I found a race local to Des Moines where I, where I lived that started at 7 a.m. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I want to do this. Like, that would be so sick. Like, I'll just race tomorrow. Mind you, I'm, ri- I'm running maybe 24 miles a week, three runs a week. Give you a four. Yeah, three runs why. a week. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So I go in, get into it, go through the phone, go through, fill out all the information. I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking it's like a half marathon or something. I get down to the very end. It's like six hour endurance run. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, yo, like, okay. All right. Okay. Like that, that's cool. You know, as I'm listening to this David Goggins book where he's like, don't do what I'm telling you. I did do it different train. And I'm like, yeah, David, like I got this brother. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I, uh, I went out to Gray's Lake. I ran, it's a two mile loop. And I bought like, you know, actually, like I told you earlier, I, that night, like, like I signed up straight up. It's like 60 bucks, got on my phone and literally typed in. I'm like, what to eat when you run really far? And I found honey stingers. <laughs> so I went to Hy-Vee, which is our, the, yeah, you know what Hy-Vee is. Hy-Vee is the Midwest H-E-B, and, but 10 times better, and they have really good Chinese food. Yeah. So went to Hy-Vee, and I grabbed 30 honey stinger. Like I spent like sixty five dollars on these honey stingers. They're waffles, right? Yeah, yeah, like little waffles. And don't get me wrong, like those are they're really good. Yeah, they're tasty. I haven't had one in a while, but like I see them at the gas stations, and it like reminds me of that brutal moment in my life. Yeah. So go out to Gray's Lake, start running a loop, two miles, four miles, six miles, eight miles, run, 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 and no water, no nothing, dude. I am in in like if you're a runner and you're listening to this, you're really gonna understand like how wrong this is. 
I'm in like compression Under Armour underwear with like regular basketball shorts, uh, a pair of Brooks shoes that I don't even know if they fit me right. Like I literally just went into like, and at that point in my life, I was like, I don't need help doing nothing. And I just went in and I'm like, I need a size eight and I want that one, nine, eight, whatever, you know, and I like grab it and I'm out the door. And so grab the shoe out the door, show up in these Brooks, like I'm wearing cotton socks I have on a crew neck, like, sweatshirt with a cotton t-shirt under it. My nipples were bloody by the time I was done. <laughs> like, this guy's whack. I wish, like, I wish I could just pull up a picture and you'd be like, dude, like, what the heck? <laughs> so I start running, and through the race, I made it, like, 24, 25 miles. And my feet, I had never hurt that bad in my life. Like, I couldn't walk anymore. My mom and my grandma were there, both medical professionals. And they're like, you're done. Like... We're pulling the plug. You're not you're not going anymore. So pulled the plug. That was it. Made it 25, 24, 25 miles. I don't know. I have to look back. That's a marathon, and bro. It's close. Oh, wait. 26.3. Yeah, yeah. 26.2. It's oh. close. But, you know, I, I mean, but at that point, like, I, I didn't even know what a marathon was. So, yeah. like, I hit 20, 24, 25, and I'm like, dude, like, I'm the greatest to ever live. Uh, I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, I was so hyped for myself. Like, like I walked away from there, and I was like, I was Thanos. Like, <laughs> I was I was the Hulk. Like, I was any, any, I was Iron Man. Like, anything you could think of, like, I'm walking away from that. Actually, I wasn't really yeah, walking. I was going to say you wheelchaired out of that. Yeah, movie. I was like, yeah, I was, like, and I was, I was being carried, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like, like when I, you know, was on bed rest for the next five days, I felt awesome. Like I felt really good about myself mentally, not physically. Yeah. Not physically. It was rough. I, I mean, I mean, truly like all bullshit aside, like I couldn't walk for like four or five days. Like my, my feet were so destroyed. What did that teach you? Nothing. I learned nothing. You want to know why? Because that next week, I'll tell you what, when I learned something, it was the next weekend. Let's hear it. So the next weekend, we get to Friday. That race was on Saturday or Sunday. We get to Friday, and I'm literally, like, I haven't walked in, like, three days. I mean, like, like I didn't go to work. I didn't do nothing. I'm scrolling on the couch, on the phone, and I find a half marathon. And I'm like, dude, this place, this is, like, 20 minutes away. I'm like, this is, like, when is it? And it's like, oh, it's tomorrow. <sighs> All right, let's see if we can stand up. And I stand up, and I'm like, I got it. Let's do it. So I signed up. And it's the very next day, literally one week after my six hour. It's an out and back. Six and a half out, six and a half back. And Hold on, I want to pause. Yeah. What is motivating you at this point? This is a very interesting mentality, and I want to tap into it for just a quick moment before we get to how this half marathon went. Yeah. Because <laughs> most people are running towards something or running away from something. And I'm curious as for you in this moment <laughs> of barely able to walk there is something that is getting you up off of that couch that's motivating yeah. you to do this what is it i just felt like like in high school like i was a nobody you know like 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 i played baseball i you know i played basketball like i wasn't good at anything i went out for actually i went out for golf because i didn't want to run track um but that's besides the fact so like, I just, you know, I wasn't really anybody and I'm going to be honest. Like I, I was probably, I was bullied. Actually, I'm not probably bullied. I was definitely bullied. Like mm -hmm. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't a cool kid. And the thing was, is like, I moved from Arkansas and like, you know, I dressed weird compared to everyone else and talked weird and, and I was definitely bullied. And I think that that like mentality through the military and like, you know, you go to basic training and basic training ain't cool. Like, you know, you're probably gonna get the shit kicked out of you. You're gonna get into fights and 
you know, you have to navigate, you know, learning to be friends with people from, you know, all across the world and country and different types of people. And like you fight and you get the shit kicked out of you and you have all these issues. And, you know, so I think that like, I just felt like at that time, like I was coming into who I am now and I just, I had something that I just had to prove and I don't know who I had to prove it to, but you probably to myself, you know, to myself that I was, you know, I was worth it. I was worthy. I was, you know, I was who, who I was about to say I was totally. And, you know, I think that that's, what's driven me all the way to this point is just, you know, obviously we're way deeper now. We'll, we'll dive into that as we get into it. But, you know, I, I am who I say I am. And I think that that, that that's when that mentality kind of started is I, I just had something to prove to everyone. Thanks for sharing that because I think that's helpful for a lot of people because that makes a lot more sense to me now is that because I would say more often than not talking to people on the show is that and tapping into that exact topic is that there's usually some sort of chip on the shoulder. There's usually something right deep emotional that's sitting there that's like fueling the fire as to like why we're making these decisions to continue to move forward yeah and so knowing about yourself and not that it's a bad thing right it's just like the awareness around it i think is the most important part yeah because then because now that you have awareness around it you can be comfortable with the aspect of like no that's motivates me and that's okay yeah like it's not necessarily a bad thing but just being aware of it i think is important right yeah for sure so half marathon signed up yeah, so signed up, ran out, six and a half out, life was good. I mean, it was it definitely was not good. Actually, I rolled up to that race, I had two knee braces. <laughs> I had both of my I I had both of my They're like go home, you're an idiot. <laughs> I had both of my both of my knees were braced. I had KT tape. I had no idea how it worked. I was Googling that morning at six AM. I'm like, how how to KT tape my calf so it doesn't burst? I don't know. And wrapping up my ankle, like tape like I don't know what I was doing. Like I'm just like, dude, like I'm gonna go do this thing. And made it to mile 10 and pop in my left knee. And like it was stuck. Like my knee was literally just stuck straight out. Like think about just keeping your leg straight and like walking and just dragging it. Like it had been, it was, it was, it was the oddest thing. Didn't really hurt. It was just stuck. And, uh, I took my shirt off. That was probably the first omen of moving to Austin, Texas right there. <laughs> it's a sign. I uh, I took my shirt off, tied it around my knee, and it took me an hour and a half to finish the next three miles. And my mom was over there on the side of the road. Because, like, this was a straight road. Or it was, like, a straight bike path, parallel to gravel road. My mom's like, get in the car. And I'm like, no, I'm going to finish this motherfucker. Like, I'm going crazy. Like, like I just – that like, I, I went – I tapped into this, like – as soon as that happened, like I tapped into this mentality that like I, I like blacked out. Your inner dog. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, like this this that's so stupid, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you just tap into this, which like if you're not an endurance athlete or like you know you haven't done this type of hard stuff, like you probably don't know what we're talking about. But pain cave. Yeah, and I'm like, no, like, like no, I'm not. Like I will not get in that car. I was like, I will crawl my ass to that finish line, and I got to the finish line. And when I hit that finish line, like I knew, like I knew, like that was the, you know, where, where the question was, you're like, what did you learn from that? And I'm like, nothing from the six hour race. The, where I learned everything was right there in that moment where like, no matter what, no matter what I had, what it took to get it done. And that was the, that was the last race of 2020, my second ever race. And that right there, like, 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 like that was, I needed to prove that to myself. Like I needed to prove to myself that I was like, I was something, you know, like I, 
I had something to offer. I had something to give, whether not to anybody else, to myself. And yeah, man, it just it, like I like I I'm I love thinking about it. Like, when did people start noticing you? Because you have a pretty decent presence now, just in like the digital fitness world, yeah. I guess you could say. When did that start? Uh, January of 2022. Okay. So 2021, we can really fast forward through 2021. 2021, I got moved to Virginia. I found the trails. My life changed on those trails. All I did, I was not coached. All I did is I woke up in the morning and I ran a stupid amount of miles. It didn't matter. Like, I didn't have a plan. Like, I just ran. I woke up and I ran. And I went to work. After work, I would go lift at the gym. Didn't do it. I did the New York triathlon, but it was a duathlon. Okay, I'm sorry. I did the New York duathlon. So it was a bike run. Mm. So all you did was run, and then you biked, and then you ran. So I'd never done a triathlon. Did the New York duathlon. Super cool. Did on like a $30 Walmart bike. Got like fifth overall. And I was like, okay, this is sick. This is super sick. Uh, did the Roman run. Um, 20 miler through the trails. That was my first ever like legit, like decently big race. Got like six overall racing in the mountains in Virginia. Like I love the trails competed for the guard out there was up in Washington, DC doing Spartan events, stuff like that. And then like a pivotal point, a pivotal point in my life is, you know, I found BPN bear performance nutrition based out of round rock. And I got into the BPN marathon and that was January of 2022 and that race set my world on fire coolest thing was is i went down to bpn that was where i met nick bear for the first time go up to nick i meet him and by this point like i'd done a lot of you know i'd done more reading into jocko and stuff like that so like i really developed a, a very like you know i'm i'm this hard dude mentality in 2021 and from just running and really very much believe into, like, I believe that if you speak it and you say it, like, you are probably going to do it. Like, you need to say that you're going to do these things. You need to tell yourself that you're going to do these things. You need to ride that fine line, whether it's in business, life, fitness, whatever, of arrogancy and confidentness. Like, and I am one confident mother. Like, I am, like, I, and I have to be. Mm -hmm. Because I, I whether, whether, I've, whether I fail or succeed, I will do it in public. I promise you that but I'm going to be confident the entire way. Walked in, met Nick. And I was like, he's like, what are you going to run tomorrow? I'm like, Oh dude, like I'm going sub three. I'd never even ran a marathon at this point. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's like, I'm going sub three. And he's like, Oh yeah. By how much? And I'm like, two fifty nine fifty nine. literally turned around and walked away. And he was probably like, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, dude, like I didn't train. Like I was just running trails. Like, like I, at this point I lived in Virginia. Like all I was like, I had trail shoes. I was using, I was running an on, on like these junk on sneak on running sneakers like the very version one of on like they were rocks were stuck in them like they weren't even trail shoes i didn't know what i was doing like i was just running like 70 miles a week on trails Jesus. and showed up to bpm marathon race starts gun goes off fast forward through the marathon we hit the finish line 25952 jesus dude <laughs> boom sub three fifth overall did you, were you tracking? Did you have a watch? Did you have any idea that you were even at this pace time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a watch on, but like I didn't know how to pace myself. So I just picked out this tall, goofy-looking dude, and like ran. And like I was like, this guy looks like he ran. You know, he's running pretty fast. And uh, I ended up like I lined up with him and ran with him side by side, and we got to chatting. 
his name's Matt. He, he is a goofy dude, but uh, I call I can call him a dude goofy dude because he's one of my he's you know we're all right. Yeah, so yeah. Don't yeah. think I'm mean, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so get with him, and he and here's where I talk about speaking things into like into existence. I line up with him, and we're running next to each other, and he and I'm like, hey, like are, you know what? Are you, and he's like, I'm trying to go sub three. I've never went sub three before. I'm like, okay, that's sick. Um, he's like, yeah. Every time that I get to mile twenty, I blow up. And I'm like, okay, man. I'm like, well, I will carry you to, like, you carry me to 20, and I'll get you to 26. And he's like, all right, let's do it. <sighs> I didn't get him to 26. Mm. He blew up at 20. Blew mm. up. Boom. Like, couldn't, like, was, was Well, he it. told himself. Yeah, right there, right off the bat. He's like, he's like, yeah, I blew up at 20. Yeah, when you say that, yeah, okay, you're going to blow up at 20. And that was like, dude, like, like, that was like right when the race started. Like, I found him, and I ran with him. And, and he's like, nah, like. I blow up at 20. And so, but after that, like with, you know, that was kind of my stamp, like whether it's like, you know, everyone was kind of like, man, like who is this guy? And 2022 was like, that was my year. Like I left BPN, got, you know, got a little bit of followers. Like BPN had posted about me and like tagged me in a couple things. I went down there with like mm, January of 2021. Nope. Sorry. January of 2022, like 2000 followers, maybe. And throughout that year, I mean, I don't know, 30, 30 some K just. What are you talking about? Why were people following? What was, what made it blow up? Uh, okay. So January I did, uh, you know, I did that marathon, uh, February. I had a phone call with Natasha Vandermeer who owns NVDM coaching. It's triathlon coaching. Had a call with her because she met me at the marathon and she's like, dude, you would kill a triathlon. I'm like, okay, like whatever that is. Like, you know, she was talking to me about like some Ironman. And I'm like, yeah, Natasha, like, I was like, I've done a, like, a duathlon. She's like, no, like, you, like, try, you got to swim. She's like, can you swim? I'm like, no, I can't swim. She's like, well, an Ironman, this is, like, 2.4 miles. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I got it. Let's do it. So, okay. So, signed up with her in February. And then I, that was the first time I've, like, adequately started training. Had a coach. Like, bro, I have no idea, like, how expensive that was either, man. Yeah. Like, that was, like, I mean, I was paying a, I was paying a shit ton of money for coaching a month. But, like, buy, I had to buy a bike. I had to buy, like, everything, right? Yep. So outside of that, go into February, February, I ran the Des Moines half marathon and I won it like 120, which really isn't like crazy fast. It's like a 605, 604 pace. Um, crazy fast for, you know, runners. Yeah. Um, March, I went down to uh, Arkansas. No, I'm sorry, April. I think I took March off. No, I messed up. I took February off, started training. March, I won the marathon or the half marathon in Des Moines. April, I find this trail race. And now I'm back in Iowa. I haven't been on trails. And I found this trail race. And I'm like, let's go. Like, like I'm going to go down there. It's in, it's down in Arkansas where I live, like where I grew up. Like, like I had been there as a kid. And I'm like, dude, like I'm going to go back there. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to smash those kids. Like in my, like, that's my, like, that's my place. And went out there on triathlon training only where like now my miles are like 30 a week out, out in Virginia in 21, I was running like 70. And pure bike, swim, swim training, all of that. I went out and I set the course record. I won by a half hour. And yeah, like, so like I, I finished and the guy that finished behind me was like a hundred mile winner and he finished a half hour after me. Good God. Like they did this little, like they gave me the trophy. They took pictures. I hung around, I ate and I left and I never even saw him finish. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was just, you know, like 
and at that point, like, I'm just like, dude, like, where has this been my whole life? You know, like, and now I have like structured coaching. I'm like, this is super sick. Like, you know, let's do this. Go into, go into, into, into May. I think I'm just, you know, I'm just training. I got Ironman in June. Mind you, I couldn't swim. Remember back in February, Mm -hmm. I couldn't swim. And shout out to Natasha because she, Natasha and coach Mike with NBDM got me squared away and I swam a 72 minute Ironman. So I went from not being able to swim 25 yards to swimming one hour and 12 minutes at 2.4 miles, which is just crazy nuts. Did Ironman Des Moines, and I went ninth overall in my age group, which is nuts. Like, like I missed qualifying for the world championship by one slot Good God, in my dude. first Ironman. Like, I threw down in that race. And I got sick. I got sicker than hell on the bike. Like, it was, it was a terrible race. But, man, I gave it everything I got. Ended up going like 10, 10, 58 or something like that. 10 hours, 58 minutes. And you obviously have a proclivity for this endurance stuff. Do you follow Ken Rideout? You heard that name yet? Yeah, yeah. I've heard that name, but I don't know. He just reminds me a lot of you. He just has that inner dog mentality of like a guy that just gets in the zone and doesn't quit and has like just the mental fortitude that's far beyond most people. Yeah. So, but I feel like so much of what you're talking about is just like, yes, there's probably part, you have a bit of a proclivity to it, but the other aspect of it of like, you've learned how to tap into that dark side that's often talked about, of yeah. like really leaning into those challenging moments. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was going like, don't get me wrong. Like I like military, like trying to find the balance. Like I was going through some shit, you know, I was, I was going through some stuff, you know, starting around that, that May, June timeframe during Ironman. And, you know, it wasn't easy, but, you know, fitness is, fitness has been my outlet. Like my life has not been easy and, you know, it is, no one has an easy life. Like, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing here. I'm just saying that like I used fitness as my outlet. Totally. And, you know, so moving on into, that was June, July, I come up with this crazy idea. I'm just at the gym. I'm just chilling out. See, this is my problem. This is, this is, this is my, this is probably like my toxic side here. It's like, I can't just chill out. <laughs> so I, we forgot to talk about, it's like, this can maybe go into a, a, but I need to talk about this before I talk about the charity run. I used to like, before we got moved out to like, when we moved back to Iowa back in the day, I started racing go-karts and I was really good at it. Like on dirt in circles, racing go-karts. Like I was ranked like top 10 in like speed sport magazine at go-kart racing. And graduated on, started racing sprint cars, which are these like dirt cars that have uh, like wings on top of them. And, uh, you know, like you go a hundred some miles an hour in a circle on dirt. Like it's, and like you, like people professionally do this, like as a full-time job. Mm. And I'm showing, I'm showing Corey a video here for. Oh yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. So yeah, it's a dirt circle track and those things like freaking slide around the corners basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like you're locked in. Yeah. And yeah, so I did that before we got stationed in Virginia. So I raced at Knoxville raceway full time, did it for like three years in the, with the big dogs. And then we got stationed in Virginia. I had to sell my stuff, but on Twitter, I built up this big feed of, you know, sprint car fans big fans, you know, we sold t-shirts and yeah, it's like a whole second life I lived and it doesn't even feel real anymore. So I don't talk about it a lot, but I put this idea out on Twitter because I know that like, you know, race fans, like they love to do like cool stuff and donate to cool stuff. And I put this idea out on Twitter in 
This is after Iron Man in June. This is late June. This is like three weeks, two weeks after Iron Man. I'm like, if I was to carry the American flag from Des Moines, Iowa to Knoxville, Iowa to raise money for veterans, who would donate? And by the end of the day, I had like two grand in my Venmo. And I was like, oh, shit. Now you got to do it. Like, I was like, I have to do this. How far is that? Uh, It ended up being 40 miles on the dot. Okay. Mind you, I had never ran over, over 30. Like, so I didn't know what 40 looked like because yeah. I ran, I ran, I ran a 50 K, I ran 31. Yep. So run, get there, get to the run, carrying the American flag, ran from Des Moines, ran to Knoxville Raceway where I raced, where I used to race at and raised $13,000 for a local veterans charity. Damn, well done. And yeah, like that was, that was the highlight of my year. Uh, so yeah, cool stuff happened there. Now we get into like, now we get into the big one. It was about two weeks after that, I get a phone call, and I answer it, and it's from a Colorado number. And I'm like, hello? They're like, hey, is this Matt Johnson? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, hey, this is so-and-so. We saw that you raised money for a charity. Uh, You know, we're a charity based out of where they're based out of. Do you want to run the Leadville 100? We had a runner get hurt. I'm pretty sure I hung up on him. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I just clicked it because the only thing I, the only time I've ever heard about the Leadville 100 is watching Nick Bear's video. Like I didn't know all the hell. Like oh, it's a hundred miles through the mountains. Like that's all I know. Right. And then they called me back and they're like, I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, like got disconnected. And I'm like sitting in my truck, I'm sweating. Like I'm like, I'm like, you know, because like I, I mean, because you know what they wanted. Were yeah. you afraid of it? Yeah, man. Like, okay. like, like you know, like, like, like I didn't like. I, I had like uh, what you know imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm like me running the Leadville 100, yeah, yeah. and she's like you know take some time to think on it. You know it is what it is. I'm like okay, so I took some time to think on it. By some time, I called her back in about five minutes. I was gonna say you didn't freaking think about it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's so not I, your that's not your mo. So I called her back and I'm like I'm like I'm in. <laughs> like like <laughs> whatever it is, whatever I'm in. So at this point, we're we're 29 days out from the Leadville 100. The Leadville 100, for all of you watching this, is pretty much like the Super Bowl of ultras. Yeah. If you're anybody that's anybody, you're running the Leadville 100. If you're 2022 Matt Johnson, you probably should have stayed your ass on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so we get out to Leadville. No, I mean, by this point, like I had never ran. I had ran over. I ran, I'd ran the 40. But at this point, like I didn't have enough time when it comes down to running, you have to, you know, you build up and then you have a peak week and then you taper and then you, you know, rest. And and I didn't have that time. Like I had 29 days. Yeah. And so I went and I did a 30 mile run. I'm like, okay, we're good. Like flat Iowa, no type of incline anywhere. We're going to Leadville. (laughs) And I kind of forgot, you know, I kind of forgot that. Like Leadville, Colorado, you guys, is at like 10,000 feet. And I just really didn't think about that. So I get out there and I do my first like shakeout run. You know, you do the shakeout run before the race. This is Wednesday. And I get out there and I do a shakeout run at like a normal, very slow pace for me, which is, you know, nine, 10 minutes. My heart rate is like 195, which for any of you out there, like my normal heart rate at that pace would probably be like 120s. Damn. Maybe 120s. My heart rate, my heart rate's 195. Damn. And so then that's Wednesday. 
Thursday I do a shakeout. The heart rate's like 175. And I'm like, okay, okay. Friday I do another shakeout, same distance, 5K every day. Just, just, you know, just to get the legs flowing and, you know, maybe get this acclimation. And uh, like 160s. I'm like, okay, this is all right. But where I knew that like I was in the shit deeper than I thought I was like ever going to be was we went out to Twin Lakes, which is the, there's a big lake. It's about at the 25, uh, 30 mile marker. It's a, it's a town. This town is, is literally based off of the Leadville 100. They live for the Leadville 100. That's where they make all of their money. This town is tiny. It's right next to a lake. Like the Leadville 100 is what they live for. Party. Like they, it was a huge party when I ran through there. Anyways, I go to the gas station. And go to the gas shirt, station. Shirt on, right? Yeah, yeah, shirt on there for sure, man. Yeah. It was cold. Yeah, yeah. And no, no more shirts now. I'm gonna go out to Leadville, no shirt this year. <laughs> and get out there, and we're standing there. And like, if you could, if you guys can picture, like, I'm looking at the lady behind the counter, and there's this massive window. Like the entire wall is a window. And obviously, it's Colorado. You know, you see mountains, and there's some huge mountain back there. And she's like, "Oh, are you are you running the Leadville 100? You know, this weekend? I think this was actually Thursday because I don't remember her saying tomorrow." And I'm like, yeah, you know, I am. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. She turns around, she points to this mountain. She's like, that's Hope's Pass. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, what? Like, and this is, um, like, Corey, like, I'm looking at this mountain. Like, like, this mountain's way out there and way up there. And, like, Hope's Pass is, like, it's the tallest point. It's, like, it's like 13,000 feet. Mm. And at that point, I'm like, dude, like, maybe, maybe I should go you know like, <laughs> like 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 i mean it was terrifying like like the entire process was was scary and i'm not going to lie man like like i was terrified for my life i was i was scared and i'm not i mean i'm not afraid to tell you on that but like going fast forward like towing that start line man I feel like I was. I feel like I was going to war. Oh my god! Like, 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 like. I was like, I was like hugging my little brother, and like, I'm like, man, like, I, you know, see you if I see you, bro. Like, here we go. Because can you get like airlifted out of there? Like, how? Is yeah, there- yeah, yeah. But like, dude, like, I mean, only like 20 percent of the people that start the Leadville 100 finish the Leadville 100. Damn, it's brutal, man. Like, I'm telling you, I'm ready to go back. I'm, I'm excited to go back, but like. I'm fucking terrified. 20%. That's you way know? lower than what I thought. Yeah. I mean, like, like it's, it's brutal out there. And like I said in that, in that, that we made this little short docu this week. Like I said in that docu, like no one will understand what the Leadville 100 is until you do until you go to Leadville and you do it. Mm. Like I can't even explain. It just sucks. It's a beautiful race. It's a beautiful place. Everyone out there is welcoming. It's awesome. But the race is hard, and the race will literally chew you up and spit you out. And that's what it did to me, because I took off at an 8.01 pace. <laughs> that was my first mile, was 8.01. Why Which would is, you do that? I don't know, man. Like the, they, they, they did this ceremony, and yeah, then excited. they had this shotgun, and it was 4 a.m., and they're like, boom, and they're like, go! And you have all these headlamps, and you're running downhill, and it was it was. It was beautiful. It's like, exciting. like it was, it was so cool. And I mean, don't get me like it was great. Like I loved every minute of that race. I, I, I didn't, I did not finish it. We'll get into that. I did not finish the race, but, um, man, I learned, I learned so much about myself. Like I, 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 the Leadville changed me. Leadville, like Leadville set me up for like who I'm about to be, like who I, who I have become. 
Leadville was like, I look at August and I'm like, man, like that was a hard, that was a hardcore turning point, mm. which for like a lot of things that we already talked about, um, you know, that we're going to dive into, but like August and the Leadville 100, man, like that, not finishing that race was the best thing to ever happen to me. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I mean, for sure. Like, 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 you know, okay. So we'll, we'll dive into it. I go out. I, I ended up, we did 56 miles. We went up Hope's Pass. Life was crazy. Hope's Pass is just as tall as everyone says it is. Get over Hope's Pass. Come back over. Get into Twin Lakes. I'm at 56 miles. I sit down. I can't stand up. Like, I physically can't stand up. My brother has to, like, literally pick me up and stand me up. You know, I don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of time to dive into all that crazy stuff. But I walked the next 31 miles because I couldn't run. Hallucinating malnutrient like no food you know no water like i'm just you know i mean i knew how to do it i just didn't do it right totally and i didn't really have time to prepare to do it right you know i had 29 days like 100 miles is a lot of logistics to plan for and so made it to uh may queen at 27 hours you you know it's like a pac-man cutoff like the cutoff is always chasing you and made it to may queen and i missed my cutoff time Long story short, got in the truck, we went home. Not really much more to it. What do you think is the biggest thing you learned from the Leadville 100 that you now carry today? That you define failure. Mm. 100%. What, no, matter, no matter what happens in life, you define whether you failed or not. So you feel like because you literally gave it every last ounce that you had that it wasn't necessarily a failure? Yeah, I did not. Like, 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 like I did not fail. Now, don't get me wrong. When I, when I, like, when I got back to the Airbnb that, like, that morning, like, I was beat up. Like, I was upset. But moving forward, driving home and having that, you know, that, that 10 to 12 hour drive home, like, I didn't fail, man. I'm like, like, I learned so much. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about, you know, my love for life and my love for the outdoors. And, and, you know, I remember stopping at the top of Hope's Pass, the tallest point of the race, and thinking, like, I will never be this close to the sky again in the rest of my life. You know, I mean, I mean, that's that's crazy. Like, I was in tears up there. You know, like, it was beautiful. It was a great thing. And I think that not finishing that race taught me and, and, and it forced me to learn so much more about the endurance space and about the sport and about the respect for what the hell those people go through doing that. And we're going back. Yeah, when, that's coming up, right? Yes. Uh, August 19th. So we're almost three months out. And you're pretty confident you're going to finish Two months time? out. We're almost two months out. You confident? Yeah, I'm going to finish the race. I'm, I mean, I mean, like you already know... We, I mean, we haven't even got to that point yet, but I'm, I'm pretty fucked up right now. But yeah, but yeah, there, there's no other option. Like, like I, I have it down. Training has been a lot different, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to finish that one. I'm going to, I'm going to knock it off. Well, crazy, man. That's such a crazy story. And I didn't have anything else the rest of the year because I ended up displacing a rib when I fell. So we can literally fast forward to 2023 because yeah. <laughs> all I did the rest of the year that year was I got into CrossFit. I could barely breathe. I had to go to physical therapy. I fell during Leadville, hit a rock, displaced a rib, x-rays, MRIs. So my September, October, November, December was all CrossFit. Damn. Um, which leads us to, uh, I know you've talked about it on the other podcast show, so we probably don't have to cover the whole story, but which leads us to then, that's the second time you did the BPN marathon and then also... Yeah, was, yeah, was, was the BPN marathon, was that in Jan... No, no, that was, okay, so no, nothing in January either. Right. And then that led me into February for the 
the BPN uh, Athlete Ambassador Weekend, which you won. Well, no, that was the that was the weekend when I I just randomly came down, and everyone talked me into doing the Austin Half Marathon, <laughs> and I wasn't even signed up. Now, mind you, I haven't done any like that was my first race since Leadville, and I came down with like no training, and everyone's like, "Dude, you should run the Austin Half." So I went, I ran the Austin Half, and I went like one twenty three. Which is stupid fast. It's so hard. That's the hardest half marathon I've ever done in my life. It's very hilly. You start, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I can't really remember, but I think now living here, I think you start on South Congress, yes. by the Capitol. Yep. And you run up South Congress to the interstate. So if anyone that lives here, think about literally running at a six minute pace from the Capitol all the way up South Congress to the interstate. I went 123. That was all right. I mean, I mean, whatever. Like, I wanted to go sub 120, and like, I just wanted to be this hard dude that just randomly popped out this half. But, um, yeah, but yeah, and I got home, and and shit went crazy. Is that okay? So then, so then, when was the PPN one then? Was PPN that? marathon was. I had already moved down here. Okay. So that next weekend, that next weekend, I I jumped ship and said, "Here we go. We're going to Austin." Okay. The weekend after the Austin marathon. Yeah. And so then the BPN marathon was in was in April because I did the the two events back to back. Okay. Um, crazy man, your endurance endeavors are honestly completely out of this world. You are. I know. I hope that people are like still listening right now. Like, like no, you're like, great. Think, like hearing all of this crazy stuff. Um, Probably like, wow, this guy never stops. Cool. Next. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's phenomenal, and I think there's just so many lessons to be learned from it, which is kind of where I want to kind of. Yeah. Wrap, wrap some of the stuff up now in terms of like because now you're coaching correct yes and is that because of essentially all the endurance stuff that you've done and now people have been reaching out to you and they're like hey man like how are you doing this shit and then they've tapped into you yeah you know I'm, i i started to make the exit from the military in february around that same time and i knew like we'd already talked like i wasn't like i didn't want to work another nine to five and you know, I had been coaching for about a year at this point, but like just friends, you know, I had a couple athletes pay me a hundred bucks here and there, 50 bucks, 20 bucks, $5. I don't know. You know, like I was just, I was just trying to, I just wanted to help people. Like I knew that I wanted to help people and I, and I've always been a teacher. Like I've always, I've always liked to, you know, because there was no one there to teach me in anything, you know, like, 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 and I think that that's another thing, you know, like diving back into my mom, you mm-hmm. know, being a single mom, like she did everything she could for me and taught me everything I know now, but like truly like in life, like I, I there's a lot of things I had to teach myself and, you know, even, even in the endurance sport, you know, I didn't have a coach for years and, you know, it, it gave me a true love on, you know, wanting to help and teach others is I think, you know, kind of where that happened. So, uh, yeah, made the exit from the military in February, and I think that brings us to to the next part. So yeah, there. This is something that we just wanted to cover real quick because, like, uh, we definitely share this. Yeah, for in, sure. In dealing with difficult, you shared it. Yeah, dealing with difficult relationships and how that shows up in our life today. And because, like, the brief story, I don't want to give people too much of before we started recording of. There was literally a moment where you just packed up everything and moved straight down to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just given, given a little bit of context, um, you know, every relationship has its issues and we definitely had our issues. Um, you know, I did, I did some, you know, 
not everyone's perfect. I did some non-perfect things. She did some non-perfect things. Um, you know, nothing too crazy, but we just started growing apart and you know, I wasn't expecting a divorce. Um, when I got home, I was traveling a lot for races and stuff like that. And I got home from the Austin marathon and she's, you know, Hey, we're done. I'm like, okay. So I fought it, fought it for a week and, you know, tried the best I could to, to, you know, try to keep it together and it just wasn't going to work out. So I had a buddy down here in Austin and at this point, you know, like just, you know, for, for reference, like I, I wasn't running from anything. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I tried that entire week to try to, you know, do whatever we like, what, what can we do to fix this? Like, and it didn't work and that's okay. You know, we, like I said, like we were both young when we met and we were together for like six years and, um, you know, taught me a lot of valuable lessons and, uh, there's no malice in my heart. There's no hard feelings either way. Um, but you know, got to that point where I'm like, dude, I'm out of the military. Like I'm obviously getting a divorce. I'm like, you know, that's when I knew right then and there, like we had already talked about, I think before we started recording where it's like, I can do whatever I want. Hmm. You know, do I want to stay here and stay in this simplistic mentality of working a nine to five and staying in this cold ass state? Or do I want to go to Austin, Texas (laughs) and put on my cowboy hat and go run in the heat (laughs) and not wear a shirt at the gas station? That's right, brother. So I packed up my stuff. I had a friend that was down here in an Airbnb, um, another online coach that was at the marathon, uh, Harrison. And um, I, t- I, I called him. I'm like, dude, you ain't going to believe it, but I'm getting a divorce and I'm coming to Austin. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, long story short, I'll tell you when I get there in 17 hours. And I loaded up the dog. I loaded up uh, whatever, you know, whatever I had. I mean, shit, like uh, I took a, the only thing I took from the house is I took a Google home and a, I I took a coffee maker. I love coffee. Same. I would have done Um, the same. So I think, yeah, yeah, and that's it. And I I told her, I was like, all right, like, like, you know, you can have everything else. And I was like, I don't don't need it. I took, I grabbed clothes, grabbed that two, grabbed that stuff, um, grabbed my medals, grabbed my race shoes, everything I needed to train. And you know, I, I, I fought, I fought the good fight and I lost and I said, okay, like, you know, you can either, you can either sit down and let this kick the shit out of you and destroy you mentally, physically, emotionally, everything, or you can suck it up and, and go figure it out. And I'm not, like, I was not going to let that destroy me. I mean, I mean, people like people go through a traumatic life event like that because it is traumatic and they'll kill themselves. You know, I mean, I mean, people will literally like people will put themselves into such a big depression where they can't understand the left from right and they'll, they'll fucking kill themselves. And, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, you can make it out of anything. Like you just need to take it day by day and just, you know, take one step each day with one foot in front of the other and just choose one good thing that day. Because I tell you, I got to Austin and my life sucked. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, I was, I was like, I was living in an Airbnb with another guy like like that like I mean not live like like at that point we're just like I'm just trying to survive you know and can't sleep at night like you know I mean I was taking melatonin I was drinking beers I was you know I was doing whatever I could to to sleep you know you have you dream like it was it's it's a traumatic event and you know luckily I had someone there for me I leaned on others and I told my story 
to anyone that would listen. And, you know, doing that brought me out of, you know, brought me out of that dark place. I don't believe in sitting with your stuff. Like, I don't believe in, you know, yeah, there's, there's times where you need to sit with your own shit and sit in your head, but like, you need to also share, you need to communicate with other human beings because whether you believe it or not, you might think you're in the the worst situation in the entire world. Someone out there has it worse than you. I promise you that. And just share, man. If, if like, if any of you guys out there are like going through, you know, something hard, I promise you, man, there's light at the end of the tunnel because the next, the next three months, February, March, April, May, man, those were the, man, we'll get into that too. But like, that was the best time of my life. Like just things that happened and, and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm living a good life. Like I'm living a good life now. And, you know, that's March, April, May, June. We're five months. I mean, it's been five months. And I, I, can't, I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine if, and I, and I hate to, like, lean on the fact that, like, people taking their own life. But I, 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 I experienced that a lot. I experienced that, I, experienced that, I don't want to say a lot. I, I did experience that with a friend. And who uh, took his own life over a girlfriend. He was 18 years old. You know, I mean, so that, I, I kind of lean on that. And, you know, people get in this crazy place in their head where, you know, they can't. They, like I just said, like they can't think left and right. They can't understand it. And, you know, I was just trying to trying to do anything I could to stay out of that. I had my bad days. I fought my demons. And, you know, I had a very rough month. But as soon as I was able to, like, face those demons and lean on my friends and train and run and enjoy Austin, Texas... Like I'm living, this is like these last two months have been the best months of my entire life. Self-growth, uh, com- you know, the growth within my coaching, uh, you know, business opportunities, networking with others, working from rooftop pools in Austin, Texas. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, like you know, you, I, dude, I used to go drink beer in a cornfield and now I'm, I'm, I'm coaching, I'm online coaching clients that I adore from a rooftop pool on South Congress. What the world? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like, Perspective. like, yeah, you know, like, like, like life, life will get better. Yeah. And you just got to take it day by day, day by day. I think it's the pendulum effect, right? It's like, I think that's just like a really important reminder for a lot of people is that so often when we swing the pendulum very, very, very hard in that other direction of like pain, suffering, and a divorce that you went through and all the challenges that come with that, is that you just wait for the ride to shift back into the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. If you can weather the storm. You can. Right. Everyone can weather the storm. You just have to tell yourself that you can. Totally. And, and man, like it's just, it's, it's hard. Like I can't, I can't explain how hard it is. Like it was the hardest thing I've ever been. It was the hardest thing I've ever been through. Totally. And I can't, I mean, I just said the same thing. I can't explain it, but like you can, like I am, I am, I am proof right there that like, I've never been that low. Mm. I've never had the thoughts that I had in my head during that time frame. But here we are a mere four months later and I'm living the best time of my life. Just so all of you know, this happened in February in April, I decided to run the BPN marathon and I won it. And then six days later, I did Ironman Texas where I PR'd the Ironman. 
which means personal record, which means I ran the Ironman faster than I ever ran it in my entire life. And I did that in the same week. I would have never known that I was capable of that if I would have never made it through that traumatic event. Totally. One foot in front of the other, baby. The pendulum swing, my friend. I have, which takes us to today, where I have 10 rapid-fire questions for you. Boom. What's your best business advice? My best business advice is to be yourself. And when you push things on to others, make sure that you've experienced it first. Mm. So any ideas, anything that you, you know, anything you've been through, if you're going to give someone that idea, make sure that you've experienced it yourself. I don't like it when like when someone tries to tell me about something or to do something when they've never done it themselves. As a coach, I will never coach an athlete if I have not done it myself. Love that mentality, man. What's your favorite part about entrepreneurship? <sighs> Networking. Ooh. 100%. I love I love meeting people, especially coming from the cornfields, small little cornfields, you know, like I mean, oh, like I spent my life talking to the corn. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, it, it's super cool to, you know, just be around Austin and like run into like random people like like we just did right here and I'm like, you know, like I'm, yeah, I'm coming to your gym. Like yeah. I I'm coming to your gym. I will support your gym. I'll support you. You're in here with Corey. Like I know you're a good dude. Like I love that. Shout out to Tanner. What's your best marketing advice? Whenever you do something, tell people that you did it. Mm. So document, you know, yeah, hundred percent. I did the Ironman. I did the marathon back to back. I won the marathon. I won the Ironman. I didn't, I gained in, in, in the two days after that, I gained over 15 clients in those two days because I said, Hey, because you know, I did it like, Hey, look, this is what I did. I won the marathon. I did the Ironman back to back same week, six days. And people are like, wow, like this, this is that guy. Like why, you know, I want him to coach me. And, you know, so when you, yeah, yeah, document, document everything you do. Who is your inspiration? My, mm, is there a, is there another question on who my hero is? You can go with that one. <laughs> my, my, my mother, a hundred percent. My mom is, my mom's my hero. My mom's my inspiration. Um, you know, watching her, like we've already talked about on this podcast, watching her grind her ass off. Um, she sat there at the dinner table and watched me eat while she didn't. And you know, also, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, also big, big shout out and thanks to my, my father that's out there who was never there for me because I'm going to be the best dad one day just because you were never there. Love that brother. When are you the most productive? <laughs> that's a tough one. That was the hardest one. When am I most productive? Um, I'm most, I'm probably most productive after a long run, like, like after a long run, I don't know, man. Like I have like severe, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to like say I have ADD or ADHD, but like, I'm just off the walls. I'm most productive in the mornings. There you go. That's why, it's why you get along with Ash so well. You guys just have all that extra energy. Exactly. Well, tell me one secret about you or something most people don't know about you. Oh uh, man, we already dove into that, but definitely the sprint car racing. Mm, yeah. 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 Most people like For no sure. one, no I would have never guessed yeah, that. Yeah. No one knows that. And like when people find that out, they're like, holy shit, like that's crazy. What's your favorite app or resource right now? Um, my favorite app or resource. Oh goodness. Uh, I just started with whoop. Oh yeah. Um, I saw that. yeah, yeah. So whoop, whoop sent me a device. Uh, it's super cool. It tracks my sleep. My Garmin's been off. Hmm. My Garmin has had, uh, like it would, it's like, congratulations. You slept for two hours last night and I'm, I don't know what's going on. It's like the fancy $1,200 watch. 
So I had posted about that. Whoop, Whoop sent me this. They gave me like a three month trial to get me through Leadville. Um, it allows me to see like my recovery, um, all of that. So yeah, I love. I'm 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 loving the Whoop. Perks to doing the Leadville. Anybody else out there? If you want a free Whoop. Yes. Do the, <laughs> if you want three months free from Whoop? Do just, the Leadville 100. Just commit to the Leadville. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part about Austin? And you can't say the people. My favorite part about Austin is that. Um, there is always something going on and there's a group for everything. That's what I love. If, 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 if it doesn't matter if it's running, if it's weightlifting, if it's underwater basket weaving, you will find a group <laughs> here in Austin. I promise you that if you have a hobby and you want to do that hobby every day with others, come to Austin, Texas. I have no interest in underwater basket weaving. <laughs> hey man, there's like people that are like throwing torpedoes underwater and stuff like that right now. So it's, the underwater thing is, is blown up. Uh, I have one last question before I ask that question though. I want to acknowledge you, man, for so many things for going through the challenges of getting through a divorce, which I can resonate a lot for committing to doing those challenging things, <laughs> regardless of having no thought process behind them whatsoever and still committing either way for coming to Austin and being a dope dude and building a lot of awesome connections and community here in town. And from most importantly, probably of all of inspiring others to just like go after the things that they want. Yeah, absolutely. I truly believe through it all. Like I, like if, if I can inspire one person, man, like, like that's what I was put on this earth to do is just, you know, show people that I wasn't meant to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be that guy. I could have stayed in the military for 20 years. Hmm. Could have stayed in Iowa. Could have stayed comfortable. Could have lived the life with a white picket fence and you know, ain't going to happen. I got things to do. I got miles to chase. We're grateful for it, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, what's your plug? So it's Matt Johnson, two underscores. Right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of odd, but yeah, it is. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I made You're it, stuck. you know, Insta- yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and, and Instagram was like, you know, this is like 20, like 2011, 2012. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, Matt Johnson, two underscores. Now I tell people that and I'm like, man, like that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like it's too late, bro. Can I, can I like buy like a new, like a new handle or something yeah, like that? Forward it know? to my other one. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, so my last question is really, it's whatever your best piece of advice is. And so like, if you were to start over from all this crazy endeavors of endurance races or the reading the book that changed your life or really to go back to ground zero and give the old Matt a piece of advice, what would you tell him? Start now, eat healthy, be healthy and, and, and start, start now. If you, if you, you know, if you want to do something, you're putting it off because you're scared and you should be scared because if you ever enter any type of situation in your life where you're not scared, you're, you're not going to grow. And if I could go back to high school and tell myself, I would say like, you know, you need like, I mean, we all eat like crap in high school, but like, that's a big thing that I think about is I'm like, man, how much better could I be if I would have just, you know, not had McDonald's all the time. (laughs) And yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, take, take the chance, take the risk. Like, you know, if you're, if you're putting something off, do it. Like, what's the worst going to happen? You're going to fail? Like, oh, I get the call for Leadville. Hey, 29 days, let's get it. Okay, what's the worst going to happen? I don't finish. Oh, shit, didn't finish. Better do it again. Right. You know, just do it. If, you, if, you're, if you're thinking about it, you want to do it, do it. You want to start a business, do it. You want to coach athletes, do it. You want to, you know, just go do it, man. Like, you know, don't be, don't be afraid. We don't have time to be afraid. Like, I mean, I don't have time on this earth. You know, I mean, my day might be up tomorrow. 
And it, I mean, this might be the last podcast I ever do. I don't know. I always think about to to circle back to Nick Bear real quick about just like sign up for the thing. I remember him talking about that at one point, and I think there's so much truth to that of like whatever it is of just like sign up for the thing, whether it's like register the LLC or sign up for the race or whatever, name your thing because like something happens when you just like sign the thing or sign up for the thing is yeah. like you just start moving in the well, direction. Well, and and you're invested in it, right? Totally. So like same thing as coaching. You know, if someone if someone wants to be coached, they're going to pay that money. They're going to be more invested. If I coach you for free, are you going to be just as invested as if I'm charging you $200 a month? No. You're not. I have plenty of athletes, friends that I coach for free that slack off. They don't, they don't, you know, they won't do it or, oh yeah, sorry, man. Like life got busy. And then I have people that are paying me, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month that I'm talking to every day. They're talking to me every single day. They're so committed because they're invested hundred percent. Like you have to be invested. You have to invest in it. So do it. Yes. Because you're investing, sign up for it. If you want to do a marathon, sign up for the marathon. Think about it later. Mm. Shoot first, ask questions after hundred percent. My motto. (laughs) Like, just throw it down and see what happens. Matt Johnson, send it. Thanks for being on the show, brother. (laughs) Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any feedback for me about the show or any other guests that you'd want to see in the show, definitely shoot me a message. I love engaging with my audience and figuring out how I can provide the best value possible to the people listening to this show. Before you go, I only have one ask of you, and that would be to check on my three tips Tuesday newsletter. It's three marketing tips every Tuesday specifically for the health and fitness entrepreneur to help them attract new leads. If you press the link in the description, it'll take you directly to the archive of all my previous newsletters, and you can decide for yourself if it's something for you. If you end up finding it helpful, you can just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get it in your inbox every Tuesday. Thanks again and keep hustling my friends.